you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 26th of November. Giannis, Giannis, and more Giannis. Milwaukee has some interesting math we'll discuss. The Jazz offense continues to make progress. And we'll look around for a throwback Tuesday. Time Machine Tuesday, as we used to call it. We'll do that one more time and see if people still like it. It is Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a lot better for you to be a Jazz fan. I'm a little nervous today. My room is bordering Kristen's. And so I've got to make sure I don't wake Kristen up first thing in the morning uh, by doing the podcast or then internal team dissension starts amongst the broadcasters on a long, long road trip. We do get to a point at the end of a trip like this where we all kind of get on the bus and no one says a word. Like, okay, we've all seen each other enough. We've all held enough conversations. We all know enough about each other. It's time for us to just be quiet and go back to our families. Uh, That is probably, I would guess, how we will be by the time we hit Philadelphia. Hopefully not Toronto after having a nice Thanksgiving together. Uh, In Milwaukee still, team will... Get together today. Uh, I, I don't know that they will practice after an incredible load of that game. Uh, that was an amazing, amazing game last night. And then we'll head to Indiana. We're having a broadcaster team dinner, broadcasting group dinner tonight um, at St. Elmo's Steakhouse, which is great with a legendary uh, uh, shrimp cocktail. So there, that's the update on the road of all the things that are going on. What a game last night. What a game last night. Uh, the Jazz played terrifically without Rudy Gobert and Giannis was superhuman. Giannis was the MVP. The league has these players that are just incredibly special and it's pretty neat to sit next to Ron Boone and have Ron Boone sit there and basically tell you, no, I've never seen anything like this before uh, in my life. And some people are trying to go Connie Hawkins and he was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, What an offensive show, Um, about 109 possessions a game. It was crazy fast. Uh, The one big number that I think, you know, the Jazz did a huge amount of things to to be able to stay in this game, Um, namely shooting 47% from three, which is doing exactly what Milwaukee wants. The The four offensive rebounds to their 15, and Giannis was a large part of that, was a huge part of this game. Uh, you know, when, when they get 12 more cracks at it, that that's a, that's a big deal. Um, but you know, they took 12 more shots than the jazz did, uh, the jazz and they took 36 shots at the rim last night, which you just are probably not getting if Rudy's in the game. Uh, now I'm not sure the jazz can go get, you know, as many 16 corner threes, and 27 other threes, I think it was, 29 other threes with Rudy in the game. So there's kind of a flip side going both directions on that of I'm not sure our offense is able to have the game it did. It's interesting to watch the Jazz play with Jeff Green as the five and what it does. Jazz took 45 threes last night. Um, 
So here's what Milwaukee does, and I think we talked about it yesterday, but it's it's interesting. Milwaukee just protects the rim. They will not let you get to the rim. They put Brooke Lopez or Robin Lopez, and then they do it with Ilyasova, and they do it with Giannis, and they're able to keep you off the rim. The Jazz only took seven shots last night in the restricted area, so that's not enough. That's a... Um, that's a hard way to live. Um, the, um, and, and then they took, uh, 24 of their floaters. Now they actually did okay. Their floater effective field goal percentage last night was 62.5. So that was, that actually turned out to be all right, but that's what my, uh, Milwaukee's defense does. So Milwaukee does not let you get on the rim. Then they try not to foul, which we didn't take a lot of foul shots last night. Uh, we only took, I think, 12 free throw attempts last night. And then they don't give up offensive rebounds. We don't offensive rebound a lot anyway. We're pretty low in the league in offensive rebounding rank. They are willing to do those three things, which is deny the rim, not foul, and not give up offensive rebounds. They're willing to give you the above the break three. And the Jazz did a great job of getting that last night. And the Jazz and the Jazz really did a terrific job of taking what Milwaukee gave them, which was forty-five three attempts, and nailing them. And then the Jazz moved the ball last night. The Jazz threw three hundred and twenty-three passes last night, which is way more. They've been at about two hundred and eighty. So we just saw better ball movement last night. Uh, from the Jazz in all sorts of manners. Um, and they played a, you know, they played their game. It's, I think, 90 picks and 70 drives, and they did all the things that they usually do. Um, they played some more wing pick and roll than they have. They've they've increased that the last few games. We're seeing that. worked. It's worked two of the three games, but not all of them. Um, and then they had to just deal with Giannis. And Giannis is just that incredible. And I, I just, there's not a lot you can do about him. And his relentlessness in going to get offensive rebounds when he misses is something else. Obviously, if Rudy's there, it feels better. But, again, there's a little bit of a give and take there. You know, Rudy helps us offensively, but on that given night, there's some things that Rudy would do pretty darn well. Um, and so, I'd have to say, while, well, yes, certainly... Um, we're better, you know, we'd be way better defensively with Rudy there. I'm not, you know, and it just would have been a very, very different game. Um, that was a highly entertaining, pretty incredible game. And I don't know what you're supposed to, I really don't know. You know, Royce O'Neal had him most of the night. I thought did about as good a job as he probably could. Um, Giannis is just remarkable. And he's got, you know, all the things you've heard about before. Long strides, uh, the incredible relentlessness and he hit hit some outside shots last night. And the interesting one is the free throw thing has really been a problem for him. And he starts the night, I think, one of six from the line and then makes seven straight after that. The Jazz matched it, though. That's the incredible thing. They got a superhuman performance from Giannis on the road against a team that won seven straight that has the number one seed in the East, that's the second-best record in the NBA, who's only lost one game at home, and they did everything they possibly could last night to 
match what Milwaukee sent at him. Uh, interesting note last night on kind of shot distribution stuff. Um, the Jazz actually did allowed 36 shots at the rim. According to Clean the Glass, the Jazz got 12, not 7. But um, 36 to 12, and the Jazz flipped, and yet they both took 40 plus threes. Milwaukee just got so many more shots. Uh, the exciting one that's going on is the Jazz half-court offense has really gotten to be a lot better. It's still where we're living. We're not getting in transition very often. Um, our transition actually was great last night when we did get in transition. Uh, we scored at almost uh, two points of possession when we were in transition. We just, we're still not getting in uh, to transition at a very high level uh, of the ballgame. Tony Bradley played well. I thought Jeff Green played well. Manuel Moody played well. George Niang hit shots. I always get, there's always a hard line to me between playing well and hitting shots, right? Those to me should be two different things. Uh, in this case, I think a lot of it is we hit shots, but, but they also play, like Joe Joe made some shots. Um, George Niang, I thought was, you know, really cool last night because he was a plus 12 in his 17 minutes, played aggressively, went to the basket when he needed to. Um, Emmanuel Moutier had five assists last night, which was terrific. Mike Conley had nine. That The Jazz, I think, in the first quarter, every field goal was assisted. So they, they had a really good understanding of what they needed to do to deal with Milwaukee, how to attack them, and they did it beautifully with the ball movement and everything else. Final play, the Jazz do not call timeout. We'll talk about it. Coming up, Jazz Today brought to you, Locked on Jazz Today brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Having so much fun with our, our new system of how we do things with the with the Murdochs and Murdoch Hyundai. We can do the same with Murdoch Chevy, by the way. If you're heading over to Murdoch Hyundai, there is absolutely no reason for you to just go in there blindly. We know everyone there. We've got the connections. Let's make sure you get treated like a king or a queen that you deserve uh, to have. And that is exactly what we've done. And so far, it's led to great success. Nathan Barker headed down. Jason Kreese helped him at 4646 State Street. He was dang good to work with, said Nathan. I ended up with a fully loaded 2019 Sonata for close to $8,000 less than sticker since they're changing the body style for the new 2020 uh, model next year. They're getting rave reviews on that, by the way. Check it out. Murdoch Hyundai, located in Logan, Linden, or in Murray at 4646 South State Street. If you're, um, if you're heading down there, let us know, and we will set up John Ball. Sent out a note to me. Said he lives in Farmington. He's interested in a 2019 Santa Fe. So he said he's going down to see Jason Creech at 46, 46 South State Street. The Hyundai should be on your list of cars you're going to look at, whether you buy it or not, up to you. Um, but it should be on your list because you get great value for the dollar. They're ahead of the game technology-wise. You get all the bells and whistles, and then you get the Murdoch guarantee of no regrets, trying to make sure that you have a absolutely fabulous experience with no regrets on the backside. That is the essence of who Murdoch Hyundai is. Email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. And stop by... Uh, let me know you're going, and we'll set it up so when you stop by, you arrive and are treated like a king. It's Murdoch Hyundai, located in those three locations. Logan, Linden, as well as in Murray, 46-46 South State Street. All right, final play of the game. 
The Utah Jazz have remarkably stayed in this game. It's 120 to 118. And the Jazz decide, Quinn Snyder decides not to call a timeout. So the Jazz come down the floor. They get the rebound with 10 point, or 19.3 seconds left. So you have plenty of time to set up. You have plenty of time for something to go wrong. It's a right play. There's no The first part of this decision from Quinn is that there's no real time urgency here. Because there's 19.3 seconds left. If there's nine seconds, you might call a timeout to make sure you get situated or you're just going to rush it up. I'm not even sure. I, I generally don't believe in calling the timeout here. And particularly because we've just talked about kind of the uniqueness of the Bucks defense. There's two things. The Bucks have shown some signs this year of switching and doing some things late in games that are different. They've shown a little bit of a change in who they are in that regard. The second one is the the difference in playoff in what you're getting. Now, I can give you two different numbers here. Neither of them are perfect, but let's just work with both of them to understand the difference. So, after a made shot, so let's after a made shot, that's the assumption is it's almost like a timeout, right? The defense is it's a dead ball. The defense is set. It's pretty. It's that's comparable. The league average defense or offense is one point oh four. After a defensive rebound, which is what we're dealing with here, the league offense is a one point oh nine. So it's you're much better off one point zero five chances in that regard. If now you. We're not going to get a transition opportunity per se. So I don't think this is perfect, but cleaning the glass charts, the difference between a play that is a half-court possession and a transition half-court they have at .94 points. In transition, they have the middle ground at 1.2 points. This isn't really transition. So... You get the idea. We're going to bring it up floor, and you have the defense not getting perfectly set is the theory. 19 seconds, they probably also have enough time to get relatively set. Uh, The second part of the approach is we have veteran good players on the floor. You don't need to sub anyone else in. We're not short on time. Our guys need to learn how to intermix and how to play in that fashion. And frankly, they've done that. And Don, there was a there was a little pause, I thought, as the guys brought it up the floor. Um, a little bit as though I was wondering if they were um, not quite certain or if they were surprised that there wasn't a timeout called. It's the first time all year they've had this experience. I had a little bit of that thought to, to me that I wonder if they just thought something else might happen. Um, and instead, um, and, and maybe at that moment, if you thought you saw that as a head coach, you could call the timeout, but I don't, but they got what they wanted. Bogdanovich and Gobert and, um, and Mitchell on appeal and a Connaughton reaches in nicely and forces Donovan kind of off what he wants to do and forces him into a miss here. Let's. 
Let's rewatch the play together. There's nine seconds left. Donovan has it in his left hand guarded by Connaughton. Bledsoe is on Bogdanovich. Now, I'm not sure I want that switch, right? I might have rather just had Donovan go, but that's I want to work those two together. He comes off. Bledsoe switches. It lets Donovan get to his right hand. And then Connaughton, with a nice play, leaves Bogdanovich, reaches in, forces Donovan a little bit off his uh, pace, and at the same time, forces, uh, it takes away a passing lane. There's not a passing lane to get to Boyan Bogdanovich behind him. When I saw it the first time, I thought there was. The only pass there might be is to Jeff Green in the corner because the Jazz were able to spread out with five wide with Jeff Green at the center, and Brooke Lopez comes over. And you know what really is this, if you go back to yesterday's show, is Brooke Lopez is terrific. Brooke Lopez, I talked about last night how quick he is, how well he moves. We think of it as this lumbering big seven-footer. It is not true. He's a he's a terrific defensive player and a multiple jump player. Um so really he is he's what you deal with is a Connaughton makes a good play and then he makes a great play to come over and block the shot. And you lose. But I I don't I, I'm not sure you're getting a much better play than exactly that out of a timeout. I'm not sure you'd space the floor any differently. Um, would you bring Mike Conley up instead of Boyan Bogdanovich so that you could get Wesley Matthews on Donovan? Maybe, but I doubt it. So, in, and you really want to keep Giannis as far away as possible. And you've done that because Giannis is on Royce O'Neal and Royce O'Neal is lifted upper left side. So, really. No timeout, like no timeout. Math says no timeout. Veteran team says no timeout. Generally, the play is what you wanted. The result isn't what you wanted. So, sucks. You would have loved to. You would have loved to hit it. Um, you know, Jeff Green is in the left corner. Might have been the play Donovan could have made there, and that's a chance for the win. Um, but I'm watching it again. He have to make the pass through Lopez. He could have very easily turned that over. And you're really trying to make sure you get a get a look. So give Milwaukee credit. Uh, a lot of stuff on my Twitter feed about lost leads. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that's just the game. Like, there's been massive leads lost all season long. Um, Kevin Pelton and Baxter Holmes wrote about it. Uh, there's a few things. One is we're playing so many possessions, 105 possessions a game you're going to have lost leads. Like, that's just part of the deal. And then the second thing is that with the three-point shot, you're going to have wild swings. So I'm not sure that I think that the Jazz are doing anything wrong or uniquely wrong or that they in some way are losing. I'm not – I actually, you know, are you? I would be way more concerned if we were trailing at the end of the first half all the time. In fact, one of the things – that has me most excited about this team is I generally kind of believe in first quarter numbers. I know, you know, the long time thing as well, the game only matters late in games. I'm not sure I really, I think, 
you know, fact of the matter is if you if you go look at most teams' records, um, when they enter the fourth quarter with a lead, they win. So I actually, you know, think that there's something to the first 24 minutes of a game, and 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 you're playing their best players against you. You know, that's the the pure rotation, and then guys aren't playing the score at that point in time. And so if you look at that right now, in the first quarter of games and the first half of games, we're pretty good. Our offense is ranked eighth in the league. Our defense is number one. We're the second best team in the league in first quarters. Like, to me, that's pretty exciting. Tells me we're well prepared. We've got to put together. Now, our second quarter offense has been problematic. It's jumped from 29th to 25th. Our defense is second. Our net rating is ninth. It's pretty good. So in first halves of games this year, and to me, I actually think this is more important than some other stuff. First half of games, our offense is ranked 17th. Wish it was a little better, but that second quarter is not good. Our defense is ranked first by a lot. Um, by 1.5 points better than the Celtics and four points better than the Bucks, and five points better than the Clippers, who are third. And we're the third best team in the NBA in the first half of games. I, I think there's something to that of value. We're 11-6. and six. That's really all that matters. But we have not played an easy schedule. It's been, it has not been, I, I, I'd say it's a straight down the middle schedule with a lot of Unique travel. Nothing particularly crazy about it. There are some teams that have played some very soft schedules so far. Namely the Lakers and Mavericks. Let's see what they do in, de- in December. Today's show is brought to you in part by Homie. Homie is revolutionizing the real estate market for Utah. Giving away money every night inside Vivint Smart Home Arena with the blimp. And it's very symbolic of the way they're giving away money to Utah families on real estate. Pretty interesting model that they've built here, and it's working and changing the industry in a lot of ways. I've told you that you can sell your house with Homie, but it's time for you to also know that you can buy any home with Homie. You can choose a Homie agent, and they will do all of the same things for you. They'll find your dream home, tour homes, make offers, negotiate the best deal, and work with you to get $5,000 back. Why $5,000 back? Because many people think it's free to buy a home. It's not. The money you pay for your home is used to pay the seller, their agent, and whatever agent you choose to hire. It's your money that pays both agents. So Homie is returning $5,000 to you. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. Just text LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588. That's 88588. An experienced local Homie agent will help you every step of the way and work to get you $5,000 back. Text LOCK to L to 88588. That's 88588, L-O-C-K-E. And remember, you can buy with Homie and save thousands. Homies, got your back. All right, we used to do this feature um, a long time ago. We had a lot of fun with it. It was called Time Machine Tuesday, and I've actually had a few people say they want it back, so I'll take um, insight on how it works. Um So what we do is we go into our little bag and pull out a random year and then see what was happening with the Jazz on that year on that 
date. It's kind of cool. By the way, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks, audio entertainment. Start listening with 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook. Two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA for listening on the go. If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all the other Locked On offers at Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, here we go. We'll go into our little bag. And we'll take 1996. All right, November 26th of 1996. And we go to basket. way we usually do this is we search out a little history and find out what was going on on that date in 1996. So it's the 96-97 season. Oh, that's a good one. 96-97 season is a finals NBA season. Uh, we end up going 64 and 18. So we'll just be beating people uh, at this point of the season. Sometimes it's fun to find out like, oh yeah, we were terrible then too. Um, but we're not terrible now. Oh my gosh, what a year. We won our first two against the Supersonics and the Clippers. We lost our next two against the Rockets. I'm sure some obnoxious talk show host named David Locke in 1996 was going bananas. And then on November 26, we would have been coming off a 108-92 win against the New Jersey Nets, which was our seventh straight win, including two nights prior we had beat Michael Jordan and the Bulls, 105-102. And we ended up winning 15 straight to start that year. In the Mountain uniforms, we beat the New Jersey Nets 108-92. to The Nets went to 2-7. and They were not good. Their starting lineup was not good. They started Robert Pack, Jason Williams, not uh, White Chocolate, Kendall Gill, Kerry Kittles, and Sean Bradley. Ed O'Bannon, who would later be famous for winning a case against the NCAA. Khalid Reeves, Tony Massenburg, Reggie Williams, Adrian Caldwell. Yinka Dare, I think he passed away. And Xavier McDaniel was on their team but did not play. Sean Bradley played 20 minutes, was 3 of 9 from the field. Shot no free throws, had one block and five rebounds. Yeah, that was a bad New Jersey Nets team. The Jazz started what you'd think. John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek. Brian Russell, Gregos, Carmelo and Greg Ostertag. This game must have been a tremendous blowout because these guys played no minutes. It was. Jazz led by eight at the end of one. They led by 19 at the half. And they led by 30 at the end of three and sat down for the night. 27 and 16 for the mailman. Must have been like child's play. Stealing from those guys. 19 for Jeff Hornacek. Stockton. Had two points on the night. Went one of six shooting. Had 13 assists. Off the bench, Antoine Carr had 14. Adam Keefe had 11. Howard Isley had six. Shannon Anderson went three of nine for seven. Chris Morris had four. Greg Foster and Jamie Watson got to play five minutes and his agent, Sal DeFascio, proclaimed his greatness. That The Jazz were getting ready to play... That was actually, so that was last night's game. The Jazz were then heading to play their next game against the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets had Mark Jackson and Irvin Johnson, but not Magic Johnson. Dale Ellis, Bryant Stith, and Antonio McDice. This is where I laugh, by the way. 
when the old guys talk about, oh, well, the league, like these two teams we just looked at, the Nuggets and the Nets, were terrible. You never hear the past generation talk about their bad teams. They only talk about their, like the Denver Nuggets that year started Mark Jackson with Irvin, with D- Dale Ellis, Bryant Stiff, Irvin Johnson, and Antonio McDice. With Tom Hammonds, not the TV broadcaster for NBC, Jeff McGinnis, Brooks Thompson, and Darvin Ham as their bench. I mean, that's a bad basketball team. Mailman just beat him up for 31-17-6. He was just superior. Hornacek had 29. Stockton went 2 of 12. Stockton was in a terrible slump. Had just 9 points. He did have 10 assists. Greg Ostertag, Brian Russell. I wonder if I was on the air freaking out about Stockton. I didn't have anything else to freak out about. The team was winning every day. Shandon Anderson, Brian Russell, Antoine Carl came off the bench. And the Jazz rolled against Denver. 107-103 in a closer game. In fact, it took the Jazz coming from behind. The Jazz fell behind to Denver, that terrible team I'm talking about. The Jazz trailed by 18 at the end of one. They trailed by 34 at the half, and they came back. This is actually one of the great comebacks in the history of Jazz basketball. On this day in history, in in 1996, the Jazz have one of their greatest comebacks of all time. They trail at the half 70-36. to 36, And then outscore the Nuggets in the second half 71-33 to 33, and win it 107-103. I am beginning to remember this game. Fourth quarter, clutch play. The game was tied at 98 on a Mark Jackson free throw. Hornacek hit a two from Stockton. Bryant Stith came back and hit a three to put the Nuggets up 101-100 with a minute left. Then Hornacek answered with a three off a Stockton miss. Brian Russell got the offensive rebound, threw it out to Hornacek, who hits the three to make it 103-101. Then Mark Jackson turns it over. And off the Greg Ostertag steal, Brian Russell dunks it 105-101 with 14 seconds left to seal it. Jeff Hornacek with the clutch baskets. Mailman put the Jazz up 94-93. or down 94 with 341 left, and then Hornacek did almost all the work the rest of the way. Scoring nine points down the stretch. Stockton hit a three from Hornacek. Stockton and Hornacek do all of the scoring in the final 341 other than the dunk by the great Brian Russell off the Ostertag deal. All right, that is Time Machine Tuesday. I hope you love running back to those a little bit. Hope everything is great. This has been Locked on Jazz. We'll come to you tomorrow from Indianapolis as the Jazz get ready to play the Pacers. Have a great one. Thanks very much for tuning in today to Locked on Jazz.